Welcome to Star Wars Action News, your source for Star Wars collecting news, reviews, and convention coverage. Hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Be sure to check out our website at SWActionNews.com where you can see photos of the items discussed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. Star Wars Action News, covering the whole galaxy of Star Wars toys. Welcome to Star Wars Action News, episode 478. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie, and I do apologize for there not being a show two weeks ago. Had a little bit of a family medical emergency, and we just weren't able to record. But we are so happy to be back. So much has happened in the past few weeks since our last show. Ton to talk about. But I want to just do a little bit of a flashback to last week's show. Here's a clip (laughs) from the last show we did. Have you found wave three of the Walmart exclusive Black Series three and three quarter inch figs? Why you gotta make me mad on this show today? (laughs) Uh, They have not shown hide or hair in the entire Pacific Northwest. And we uh, spoke with Paul Harrison from Jedi Temple Archives last week, and they haven't shown up on the East Coast either. So looks like you guys sitting in the middle are the only ones that have access to these figures. They haven't shown um, up for us either. They haven't shown up for you, so even more down south, maybe. Yeah, these are virtually impossible. Uh, Everyone directly that I know who has them has paid from $60 to $90 for the three. Oh. Yep. I saw a couple of them at the Indiana Comic Con for $40 apiece, and I'm kind of wishing I'd bought them now just to stop going to Walmart. I feel like I need to become a paid contributor to peopleofwalmart.com just to justify how often I'm in Walmart. Not that I'm seeing crazy people, not that I'm not seeing crazy people, but that I need another reason for going other than just walking out frustrated. It's it's like every time I go a bad high school prom date. I've had the luxury, if you want to look at it that way, of stopping at many Walmarts in the central and downstate Illinois region. And I've not seen these anywhere. And I've even gone as far as to ask somebody. I had the stock number. I want to see if they can maybe tell me, oh, they're in the back or, you know, check back on Thursday. But as far as I got is a guy working in the stocker at Walmart that told me he had 41 of each of them in the back, but he couldn't put them out right now. And I'm pretty sure he had no idea what he was talking about. I think that's a good assumption. <laughs> and it's not, it doesn't look good now that uh, the few stores that have got the Black Series in recently, here at least in the Pacific Northwest, is just the the previous wave. Ours too. We just had a restock of mm-hmm. all the Wave 2 figures. It's like, uh, okay. But I'm not convinced that we didn't miss them. I'm not convinced that you didn't miss them because they did show up. There was that period, you know, in mid-April where a lot of people were finding them. They were finding a few, like maybe one or two cases per store. And if you weren't one of the first in there when they were put out, you they were gone like Kaiser Soze. But I'm, I'm not convinced we didn't all just miss them. Uh, don't say that. So that's my goal. My goal is not to pay an exorbitant amount 
of them before I can really confirm that I have missed them. You know, because there's people out there that, you know, as soon as they're on the market, they want to buy it. They'll spend the big dollar to have it first. I'm not that guy. Obviously, we've all been collecting 40 years now. I will wait the game and I will wait until I have officially realized that these are not going to show up at Ross or at Marshall's. Yeah, and yeah. then I will fork out the unfortunate money. But I don't. I never do it ahead of time. Yeah, I'm looking on eBay right now for the three figures. Let's do price plus shipping lowest first with a buy it now because the auctions you never can really tell. And for the set of three, well, I'm picking this up. <laughs> Get as many as you can. 26 a figure. So double. I'm buying. We're done. Nice. You just popped out at the right time? Yeah, $79.99 for the set of three. Phasma, Leia, and Han. So I don't have to go to Walmart's anymore? You don't have to go to Walmart's anymore. God. See, it was almost worth the double a figure, but I was seeing, like, triple, quadruple a figure. Well, what happens, oh, yeah. if, if I was checking targets, that'd be a different story, because I can't walk out of Target without buying something. Yeah, it's just, it was time gas these things do cost money and while i don't enjoy rewarding a scalper i also don't enjoy walking out of walmart's frustrated time and time again and i actually feel good and what it was is i just bought two sets at 80 a set but i'm seeing them up here 120 a set and that's you know ridiculous no it's absolutely ridiculous but here's the thing if they show up you're not going to even know because they're going to show up and be gone no, no, there's a possibility the floodgates will open and then we just stare at them. In fact, I am known on Marvelicious Toys as the cooler. I may have just helped everybody. <laughs> because what happens is I give up, I overpay, and then they show up everywhere and like peg warm. So this is probably the first time I may have live recorded a cooling. But <laughs> we'll see if my curse holds. <laughs> All right, so there's the clip. How right I was two days after we recorded that show. The day it was released. Marjorie, what did you find in a Walmart? The figures that you bought online on eBay. <laughs> well, some of them. You found Wave 3 Walmart, Black Series, 3 and 3 quarter inch, Episode 7 Han and Leia. Yes. And I'm just like, well, all right, you found them, okay, but... You didn't find the Phasma, so I felt pretty good about it. And then we drove to Nashville, Tennessee, and stopped at a Walmart in the armpit of Illinois. And found four Phasmas. Yes, we did. Plus more Hans and Leias. Yes. Unbelievable. Like all of the Hans and Leias and all of the Phasmas. So I hope that my eBay purchase, my cooling of these figures, has allowed all of you out there who are listening to the show to hit your Walmarts and find them as well. Because after we did find them, even some Phasmas have finally been showing up here in Springfield, Illinois. I haven't seen them here. I saw them out of the Dirksen one. Oh, you did? Okay. Hmm. So now that we have them in hand, let's take a look at these articulated Black Series three and three quarter figures. The last ones we know about to be coming. Possibly the last for a long time, depending on what Hasbro has to reveal to us at San Diego Comic-Con. We'll start with the most difficult one to find, and the one I was most looking forward to of these three, Captain Phasma. Yeah, this is the one that I think was definitely the most sought after because she's just so different with her shiny silver, even though the character totally, totally... Went down the garbage chute? 
Yes, and it was a waste of a character. For all the hubbub and pre-merchandise and all the interviews with the girl who played her and everything, and she has like five total minutes of screen time. But she looks cool. She looks badass. I got the Kotobukiya Artifacts Plus statue sitting right next to me. We're going to review that on the next show. I love the look, and we are promised she will do more in the future. Okay. Hey, I love Greedo, and how much did he accomplish, so... He was rather one note. But again, not all the merchandise leading up to A New Hope was Greedo focused. But wouldn't it be awesome if it was? It was. <laughs> it would have been, yes. However, I mean, we were led to believe that Phasma was as big of a star as, well, Kylo Ren. Yes. Uh, but still, amazing looking costume design. The three and three quarter inch figure, of course, Hasbro told me last year at New York Comic Con they could not vac metalize, so they picked the shiniest paint they could get, and it is a, as far as paint goes, a decent chrome. You're never going to get a true chrome look without vac metalization or actually chroming, but. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, you've got your standard issue floppy plastic cape. But it's specifically Phasma's cape with all the weird little adornments on the outside that look like patchwork or something. Yeah. It- I don't know what those are. Maybe there's some backstory that someday we'll get. Yeah, I re- was talking with Dan at Kotobukiya at last year's New York Comic Con specifically about those. He's like, I can't wait to see the movie to explain what all of these things on her cape are. Yeah, well, we still don't know. <laughs> no. We don't know why her cape looks like it got caught in the door and ripped off. It's a cool <laughs> design, but it's kind of jagged. I really wasn't expecting a lot with this figure. I don't know. I, I kind of feel that this line, it's. I know they're testing this or whatever you want, but... I just wasn't expecting a whole bunch. And, you know, it's okay. It's really expensive compared to what we used to get. And I feel it just isn't as substantial. You do have the highly articulated legs and, you know, her ankles and everything like that. You've got the cape. I wish the cape was a little better. It's that really malleable rubber. And because of it being packaged in the package the way it was, it's got this big bump where she's got her little canisters on above her butt. <laughs> so it's kind of funky, and I guess you could probably put in some hot water and fix that. But, I mean, it's okay. I really wish it could vac metalize her, though. I know. They said that for the environment, they couldn't, and I hadn't heard that until that interview, but there's no doubt it hurts the figure's aesthetic overall. That said, by my count, this figure has 14 points of articulation, so I think it looks as good or better than the one we got in the 5 POA, but it's far, far more poseable. I like the rubberized capes more than you do, Marjorie. I think that they have a shape to them, and this one's flimsy enough that you can actually bend it. You could pose it in some ways. I didn't really notice the bump of the thermal detonator. I didn't really notice the bump of the thermal detonator canister on her bum, but... It doesn't bother me. The paint is nice and clean on this one. Truthfully, my thoughts are only that with about 14 POA for a highly articulated figure, it's still not as articulated as some we used to get. Two, I don't think it looks significantly better than the far cheaper figure. You can just get more poses out of it. And three, they jacked up her gun. I think they tried to make it silver, but they ended up painting it in such a way it looks beige. It is. It's a very utilitarian neutral gun. And it's bent. Like, well, really yeah, badly. All the guns lately have been this 
soft, cheap plastic. I mean, they did give this a paint app. It's got a lot of black details on it. But it's beige. Yeah, it does not match her outfit at all. I'm sorry, Phasma, but that gun does not go with those shoes. <laughs> Accessorization is all off. But no, I like the figure, and it is clearly my favorite figure of this wave. Because next, we have divorced, estranged, separated, were they ever really married, couple. They were just shacking up. Han and Leia. So we'll start with general, don't call her princess, Leia. (laughs) Now, here, they have a mixture of the rubberized suit and actual soft goods going over her legs. The rubberized suit makes any of this leg articulation, of which there's quite a bit, completely useless. Because this leg, she's stuck in a tube. It's her old school pantsuits that she had in the 70s figures in the vintage line. But I kind of like the soft goods, but it also is a little problematic getting it to lay right. It looks weird. It does look a little weird. It almost looks like she's wearing chest armor and that there's clothes underneath of it because of the hard plastic around the top. And I'm sorry, this really bothers me that they've got the long piece in the back. They put soft goods under the back of it also. But if you stand her up, it's going to fall behind her, and that's probably going to be enough to cause a problem with that when you stand her up. She also comes with zero accessories. I don't know what I'd expect her to come with, but hell, Hasbro Kenner has been known to put guns in with characters that never actually had them. Looking at you, Momanda Don. (laughs) So I wished she'd come with what they would imagine an updated version of her A New Hope blaster would have been like or something like that. Maybe Lucasfilm said no, she didn't have a gun, so you can't throw a gun in there. But it would have been nice to have an accessory. I have to really knock the head on this one. The facial likeness, which again, I'm not expecting, you know, Hot Toys level facial sculpts on this, but it's bad. It looks nothing at all like Carrie Fisher. She's in permanent surprise face because her eyebrows are drawn on on her forehead. And the way they did her hairstyle, it looks like a giant butt on the back of her head. All right, I'm going to disagree a little bit. When I look at this from the side, it really looks like Carrie Fisher to me. It really does. Because Carrie wasn't looking great in that film, and I think they've captured that here. But you're right, those eyebrows... (laughs) For some reason, they're reminding me of, like, cross-dressers who have to pencil in the eyebrows and go a little too high on them. They are faux brows. But her pursed lips and her cheekbones, I see Carrie in that. I kind of don't. I'm sorry. I just... And also, like, they did the pupils like she's looking up also, so maybe she is shocked. Well, she's also a very short woman. We've met her. Yeah. So she could be looking up at somebody. Keep on justifying it. And the hair... I don't... Th- I guess if you say, but I'm going to now see that, but I think that they actually did a decent job sculpting the braids around the buns. And Do you need to look at a picture of a butt? No, thanks. I saw Independence Day Resurgence. <laughs> they painted on some earrings for her. My biggest ding is that her body is molded in this blue plastic and I can see it coming through her neck skin because mm. they just painted the neck flesh colored and it's kind of showing through there. But really, overall, because you can't pose her very well, she's got super articulated arms to gesture wildly while talking about things. (laughs) She's a hand talker. But she is my least favorite figure, not just of this wave, but I think of the entire Walmart Black series line. Wow. She's just, 
not exciting, not poseable because of this robe, no accessories, not a very exciting figure overall. But I do think I'm excited by the third and last figure of this wave, Episode 7, Starkiller Base Han Solo. He's wearing a blue coat like his Hoth outfit, or was that a brown coat? And just has a good look, a decent amount of posability there. Again, terrible face. The face is really bad, and I've been staring at it, and I think it looks more like one of the kids in the hall, but I can't place which one. He looks like Bruce McCullough from Kids in the Hall. That's who it is, yeah. It's like he wants to ask me how much his head would cost if it was made of cheese. Exactly, that's what he's going to do. The coat is nice. It's actually a really nice coat. I'd totally buy that coat and wear it. I love that they sculpted different parts for the hood. Like, it's a double hood. They really went through the detail of making that somewhat accurate. Yeah, they did. That's a nice little touch there. It's a really thick neck on him. And because of how they did this outfit, he's fully posable. The coat that's the soft rubber, it's the softer rubber like Phasma's cape, not Mm -hmm. the thicker like Leia's. And... It comes just below the bum so that we get full leg articulation and his arms. They did that weird thing where his coat's really just a vest, a sleeveless vest. And then they painted the arms and sculpted the arms Cody. You'd be surprised how many times I've gone to buy a coat at Nordstrom's and it's been just like that. (laughs) Zero? Yeah, pretty much. But that way you get the full range of motion in his arms. And look, they even sculpted a scarf under that coat and the underneath the coat they paint it all white so that it oh. really looks like he's got a shirt on under there it does yeah that's kind of nice it's flesh colored kind of on that one but the scarf is tannish he has a holster for his blaster that really holds the blaster and you pull it out it's like your classic han solo blaster it's got a little bit of a wash to it it looks like they might have played with painting the nuzzle a little bit more silver But it's all so basic that I can't tell what's exactly just reflecting the light more and what's a different paint unless I'm looking at it under a macro lens. I don't think you're supposed to have a whole bunch of detail to the naked eye on these. So with that, I have to say that while the price point was a little bit higher and they really were hard to find with this third wave, I liked what Hasbro was doing with this Walmart line of figures. I wish that it would continue. I wish that they'd find a way to keep going like this. That said, we're going to talk a little later this show about something one of our friends did that really made the three and three quarter inch five POA figures look like the best figures Hasbro's done in probably a decade. So we'll get to that conversation. But for now, the adult collector in me is so infatuated with the six-inch line. I look at that Phasma, and I go, yeah, it's like a smaller version of the six-inch one with a little less articulation. And I feel that I'm actually okay with the five POA figures like we reviewed Maz last time for the new movies. I've got all the figures from the first six, the Lucas saga, in decent articulation. At the higher price point, and with the six inch being so close in price and so much bigger and more detailed, these are hitting me just in a like nostalgic spot for remember the days of highly articulated three and three quarter figures. But it's not like it's a gap in my life thanks to the six inch and the five POA three and three quarter. And I think it's a little easier to swallow 
the higher price point on the six inch because they are so much better. And then when you get these, and these are what, $13? Yeah. I would buy the six inch, I'll be honest. And that's why they made the six inches. It doesn't cost them much more to make and sculpt and everything. And they charge so much more. And people do feel like they're getting a better product for $20 at six inches mm -hmm. than at $13 for three and three quarter, where the majority of people who are buying them are like us, like, I remember when these were $5, Sonny. It was like 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the three and three quarter inch line is aimed for people who weren't collecting 10 years ago because they were in diapers if they were even born. Ouch. Diapers. Which isn't to say adults like us can't enjoy them for their sculpts. But I'm not inspired to get a four foot by eight foot piece of plywood and create a giant diorama for five POA figures the way I was to reenact the Geonosian battle from Attack of the Clones when we were getting highly articulated clone troopers and all the vehicles and everything to make that happen. So in a word, you could say they're uninspiring. Yeah. And while I do buy one to open and one to keep on card of each, I think they're better on card. And so for carded only collectors, I think five POA, why would you complain about articulation if you're never taking it off the bubble anyway? That is very correct. But those are the only things that really have been showing up in stores other than some sales. I did get word that Hasbro is starting to cancel orders of some of its Black Series 6-inch figures. So those are reaching the end. If you want these Force Awakens figures, judging by the history, most Black Series figures, even the ones that Peg warmed, eventually go up on the secondary market. Get those while you can. But most of the new shopping and news is... Happened all online. Yeah, Loungefly, which is a company that I'm a fan of, they make the bags and purses and backpacks and things like that. You discovered them at Comic-Con a couple years ago and bought one of their bags, and I think you carry it almost daily still. Actually, I did not discover it at Comic-Con. I discovered it years before that at a horror convention where I was buying stuff of theirs with the skulls and everything like oh, that. Oh, that was them? That's them. So they have a Star Wars line, which I did pick up a few years ago. Their Tattoo Flash which is kind of like a retro print of like Star Wars, like their old tattoos. And I got the tote bag that I use as a purse and the wallet. Well, they've come out with some new designs. They've got the R2-D2 from that tattoo flash design in his own little bag where he says beep boop. It's very cute. It's got a matching wallet. There's also, and I hope they put this out in purses or something, they've got the dark side tattoo flash. So it's got like Vader and Stormtroopers on it. I really hope they do that in something other than a backpack because I really, really want that. They've got a super cool Ewok backpack, some little baby characters, mini backpacks, lots of BB-8 stuff. They've got a new BB-8 backpack and they've got the vintage comic print backpack and little, like a little cosmetic bag that goes with it. Just some neat stuff. If you're looking for a gift for someone that likes purses, I would say they might be a place to stop. If you place an order there, I may want something. What do you want? There is an Ewok coin bag that is really bringing up a Star Wars memory for me. When I was like four or five years old, I didn't have an allowance or anything like that. My parents didn't do that. But I started getting money where I could, and most of it was pennies. And my dad gave me this coin purse, and it was a chipmunk. And it was furry and had beady, glossy brown eyes. I have no idea where the hell this thing came from. But in retrospect, it was kind of creepy, like this Ewok coin bag. 
And I filled that squirrel head to the overflow with a... It, this one zips, but mine had a snap top on the squirrel. You know, like... Yeah. Not like a snap, like a button, but like two hinges that went past each other and locked. Yep. I filled this thing to the burst. It couldn't fit another penny in there. And so my friends, Daniel and David Miller, told me I probably had enough to buy something and I should take it. And we counted it all, the three of us. And we counted, I had like a buck 40, 140 pennies, or maybe 130. I might have had a dime in there somewhere. And so they convinced their mother to take us down to Osco Drug shopping. And I have this. And their mother was not going to buy me anything. She goes, so you have money, right? I'm like, yes, I have money. I have money. And I find a Star Wars puzzle of Luke from A New Hope standing, you know, looking out at the twin sons. And it was 99 cents. And I had the money for it. Or it might have been a dollar something, but I had the money for it. And so... We're checking out and Mrs. Miller bought her stuff and bought her kids some toys. I was my separate order and I go up there and the lady rings me up and says, you know, a buck six or whatever. I take the squirrel purse. I was four or five. I dump it out on the desk. (laughs) Mrs. Miller turns beet red. (laughs) The clerk just stares at me and I'm too young to know I just committed a faux pas. As I try to pay in pennies. Aww. Miss Miller is mad, makes me gather my pennies up, says she's going to pay, goes to my mother and immediately demands reimbursement for this dollar puzzle. So I've always remembered that squirrel head purse in Star Wars. And this Ewok is the creepiest, closest thing I've ever found. And so I may want it for that association. Okay, I can definitely find some other things to buy that I hadn't want. I like I love their little cosmetic bags, so maybe I can load up on their cosmetic bags. All They've right. also got two really cool new totes. One is R2D2 and the bag is like his head and the other is C3PO. Now, I have to admit Loungefly's your thing. It's women's bags. It is, yes. So, that didn't necessarily get me excited so much as when I heard the news that there were going to be new Star Wars prop replicas. Now, I had heard through the grapevine before Force Awakens was out that Disney was going to do these in-house and use the Disney manufacturers and possibly the prop shops and make these all themselves. But many months had passed, almost a year since I heard that news, maybe over a year, and I'd not seen any sign of it. And the closest we've had is like Enovos doing their cosplay stuff and getting some pretty detailed, expensive helmets out there that you could wear or you could collect. And so when Disney announced their Star Wars collectible Ultimate Studio Edition line of props, I'm like, yes, I've been collecting Master Replicas and then FX collectibles. I was ready to see what they had. And I knew they were having a Kylo Ren lightsaber Ray's lightsaber, which is really Luke's lightsaber, but I think they want to specify it's episode seven, a melted Vader helmet. And that's like the one iconic thing from episode seven that I'm like, I would get that. So I raced to the site to see their initial pre-orders. And? You know, once I was looking at buying a Ferrari (laughs) and I thought to myself, it can't be that expensive. And then I looked at what a Ferrari really would cost me monthly and realized I was immediately outclassed. That's the exact same kind of sticker shock that hit me when I went to this 
Ultimate Collector Studio. Now I understand there's a lot of coolness going on here. These are being made by Prop Shop, who did some of the digital sculpting and scanning and printing of the actual props in the movie. And I watched their little YouTube video and saying, you know, these are the same molds and really 3D designs being printed and painted. So they're saying this is the closest you'll ever see in any prop of getting to the original. Now, I think FX and MR did good jobs. FX even better than MR when they started doing their studio edition, ultimate edition props of recreating that. But yeah, it's cool that it's coming from the same house. And I think it's cool they're making Episode 7 stuff. FX Collectibles is still putting out the OT stuff. We saw a lot of it last year at San Diego. So I'm interested in getting collectibles from Episode 7, even some high-end stuff. But when I saw the prices of this, I was immediately outclassed. I went, I do not make this much. I do not have enough money to buy this stuff unless I stopped every other area of my collecting and bought only these, and then I couldn't afford all of them. Yeah, these are super duper expensive, and I have a feeling that you're paying for the name. I mean, to put it in perspective, when Master Replicas was doing prop helmets, they were in the three to $500 range. And I consider that pricey, but I got a lot of them, especially when I really got a much better job and was able to afford those. And I see Anovos doing it for 500 600 you know, some go a little more. But for an FN-2187 Stormtrooper helmet, $1,750. Kylo Ren, $2,000. Even a simple X-Wing helmet, Poe Dameron's, $1,500. And I think about lightsaber hilts and... Master Replicas, 250 ish went a little higher, the better they got. FX Collectibles, 300 up to 500 for some of those that had the light-up crystal, take-apart features and things. And here, Kylo Ren's lightsaber hilt, $1,250. These have been on sale for a while though, right? Like they opened up a couple weeks now? Yeah. The melted Darth Vader and the FN-2187 are limited to 500 and they are still available. So that should tell you something. The melted Darth Vader, the one I want most of what they've announced, $3,500. Many mortgage payments, possibly even a relatively new used car. I like to splurge maybe once a year on a really high-end collectible. And these are all outside of the realm. These are now in that realm with the life-sized Han and Carbonite by Sideshow that I didn't get, where it's like, okay... How much do I divert funds from other things? How much can I put together? And I've got to love, love, love. I mean, just cannot live without one of their props. And I like this stuff. I do. I really like it. There's not a single piece here I would not be proud and honored to display in my collection. And there's not a single piece here that I feel is worth the money they're charging. It also hurts not seeing it in person. And we will at San Diego, I'm sure. Yes, but I'm saying that... Seeing it in person and falling in love with it might help spur this a little. You know what I mean? That's what happened with the Millennium Falcon. My biggest Master Replicas purchase. We saw that at Celebration. Found out Harrison Ford was doing a signature edition. And it is in the price of the Darth Vader helmet. But I saw that Harrison Ford signature on a Star Wars item and not just some photo. And as gorgeous as that Falcon was, that was a love at first sight moment. And we had to scratch and get that money, but we got that money. 
That was a long time ago, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I splurged on, like, the FX Collectibles Macquarie Vader helmet. Again, love. And it was only $1,000. This, if the Pose X-Wing helmet is $1,500, I just feel outclassed. This is for people who make far more than we do. This is, you know, a one percenter collectible. And I find something interesting, though. Both cool and not so cool. Each one of their props, forget certificate of authenticity, they're all going to have an RFID chip installed. Why? Why are they lowjacking my collectibles? Well, they say a digital certificate of authenticity. Now, I don't know, and I've never looked, but I don't have an RFID reader. So if I'm trying to buy one of these off the second market, I don't know exactly how I'd get to scan it for that embedded certificate of authenticity. And... I've seen some great bootlegs coming out of China. They can make RFID chips. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, David, did mention, imagine being at Celebration and having exclusive events where you have to scan your RFID chip on your prop to get in. Yeah, but I mean, they'd really be making that a small population. And I would not be taking my prop to a convention, would you? Not if it... No, I mean... Hell, we're a little hesitant when I take my Captain America shield to conventions. And that was $500, and we protect it well. Yes. Something else someone on our Facebook page brought up, though. These are 3D printed models. Not only is there less craftsmanship going, because you can literally print as many of these things as you want to, but also, and I'm not an expert in this, and I look to you guys, our audience, to give me some feedback, but what he said is that the 3D printed material isn't going to hold up as well long term. When you have a crafted metal lightsaber or a fiberglass helmet, it's going to last a lot longer than something made of this material. And we don't know how long that stuff's going to last because it's new. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'd be mad if like in six years it like starts to just deconstruct. So I can't imagine we'll actually be reviewing one of these on the show unless one of our staff members does fall in love with these and chooses to buy it. But if you, any of you in the audience, actually pick one of these up, they've only announced edition sizes for the first two helmets there. The rest, I think they're waiting to see what the orders are like, like Sideshow does. And once they determine number of orders, they'll make that number. But I'd love to hear a hands-on review from somebody. I'd like to know if it has heft. Because I like having a lightsaber that feels a little hefty in my hand. And most 3D printed stuff I've ever touched has been really light. It has. It's very, yeah, light. I'm trying to figure out the word. It almost feels hollow in the plastic itself that they use to print it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I articulated that right, how it feels. Yeah, I've lost interest now that you said 3D printing. I did not catch that. But through 3D printing, you've lost me now. I'm sorry. You have a hard time justifying you're buying this to me. I'm not positive if everything is because there's some chroming going on on the lightsabers, but the video clearly showed that melted Vader helmet coming out of the 3D printer. I've been at auctions and admittedly not usually Star Wars props, but I've seen actual screen used props in movies go for less than this. Yeah. I love them. I think they look great. I just don't love them. And I'm very curious to see where this goes, but... I'm taken back to an area I haven't been in a long time, you know? When I was working, and I'm talking 2002 or 1997, not ages, ages ago, and I saw things like the life-sized Han and Carbonite and all of those icons, life-sized things, I went, great to own, but it's for somebody who isn't me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how I feel about this. 
but I really do hope we get to see these in person at San Diego Comic-Con. I'd love to be able to hold one. I don't know if they'd let somebody hold something this expensive, but I would love to hold one and get you literally a hands-on report. Maybe I will fall in love, in which case, I still don't know if I can afford any of them. I just hurt more. But back into the realm of the, I have bought it, <laughs> instead of the, I just can't buy it. Kotobukiya has put up for pre-order their newest Artifacts Plus 2-pack, and they're going back to the original trilogy with Yoda and R2-D2. And that's a great way to get a Dagobah Dirty R2. He's filthy. He really is. And... A classic Empire Strikes Back Yoda leaning on his cane and with his little flute around his neck. And the face sculpt is really good on that one. I love what they did. It really is just screaming Empire Strikes Back. Kind of disgruntled, perturbed, you must not go, Yoda. He was really grumpy in that. And then as a bonus, you also get a translucent spirit version of Yoda. Now, that's really cool. And, you know, I'd like to point out how awesome they have done on the making R2-D2 dirty. It looks so natural, like he's been rolling around in a swamp. It's really good. I know. In R2-D2, like all of their R2 units, you can pose with the three legs or just standing up with the two. And they made that third leg look just as dirty and fit in just so well with the rest of that body. I've watched this Artifacts Plus line ever since their first Clone Wars models. And they've really upped their game in just the past couple of years with the chromed Phasma, with this R2-D2 two-pack. They're just really knocking it out of the park on very attractively priced and small, easy-to-display collectibles. This, I call it a three-pack, is $65 MSRP, and you can find it less expensive on several collector sites. I absolutely love this company, and I've been a fan of theirs since they entered the Star Wars market. If you remember, they did those awesome, awesome glasses. Yeah, we were a little hesitant on their vinyl model kits at first until, until we you got, got one. one. And then we're like, holy crap, this is amazing. The biker scout that started it all. Yep. But yeah, they're really good stuff. Now, another company that I really love, but I'm not all in on, is Hot Toys. And they have some new exclusives that are going up. They announced that they are opening a flagship store in Shanghai. <laughs> and I have never wanted to go more to Shanghai than I do right now. <laughs> and with that opening, they were having some exclusive figures, and they sent me the press releases, and there's a couple Iron Mans and things, and there is a gold chrome version Stormtrooper. He's pretty sweet, and I'm not just saying that because he looks like a piece of jewelry. You might be saying that because he looks like he's a piece of jewelry. shiny. I don't know why he's just like so much more alluring than the Captain Phasma. This is like a super cool toy. I have one concern though. The gold vac metalizing. I'm afraid it's going to flake. Or if you touch it, it's going to smudge, scratch, you name it. I would certainly use gloves on it. And I do know that some of the Captain America shields that they did the chroming on has flaked off for people. Even if they haven't touched it. They put the figure out on display, put it under a mm. box, and after a couple of years, the flaking came off. That said, Hot Toys is always upping their game. The figures they make today are much better than the figures they made a few years ago. I feared this was never going to be available stateside because last year they made a copper chrome Stormtrooper. And Andrew, our Hot Toys addict, 
was hemming and hawing because those things were hundreds more on eBay and waited to see if Sideshow would ever get one. He eventually ended up paying quite a bit more than retail to get that one and not have that be the only figure not in his collection. Sideshow put these up for pre-order Friday and I texted our friends and you Marjorie and said it was up and I sat there staring at the page really trying to decide if I'm adding to cart. I think I'm just blinded by the goldness I'll be honest. I knew this was going to sell out like a blink, and they're now calling it a convention exclusive. So it's not just their Shanghai store exclusive. This is like the Comic-Con exclusive, and it did sell out. As of this recording, two days later, it is on wait list. And everybody I texted bought one, and I just didn't. Again, I'm a collector on a budget. Comic-Con is coming. Comic-Con's expensive. I'm not all in on Hot Toys. And I really, really love the shiny gold of this. I do. But I asked myself, if I'm going to buy Selective Hot Toys, do I really need the Stormtrooper that looks like an Oscar statue? That's a good point. If there was a gold Stormtrooper in-universe, I'd be more tempted. But I don't buy all the in-universe ones. Am I just grabbing this because it's exclusive? And it was really hard. Anybody who's listened to the show for a while knows Restraint and I are not really on speaking terms. No. But in this case, I just looked at it and I'm like, I made a conscious decision to walk away. You know, it's okay. I think I'm just blinded by the shininess. I'll be honest. I'm a girl. I like shiny things. Maybe I'm part raccoon. I don't know. It doesn't take much to convince me to hit this join waitlist button if that's what you'd like. Are you committed if you hit... Waitlist feed. No, not at all. So might as well, right? Yeah, I might as well. Okay, I'm on the waitlist. Okay. But if I don't get it, I'm not necessarily going to weep. And that happened to a couple of things that I've put on waitlist in the past. And it's not like this is overly expensive. At $220, it's a very reasonably priced hot toy. It is. It's relatively inexpensive, one may say. Compared to the die cast ones that start at 300 and God only knows what that rhino would have cost, but I'm guessing near 1000 you just keep bringing that up. <laughs> I hope they never make it. But I'd much rather spend my 220 on a Hot Toys character focus. If they made a Han and Carbonite, if they made a Greedo, or if they made a really kick-ass version of another character, or even that quarter-scale Boba Fett that I have lusted after ever since Andrew brought it to our house. <laughs> it's all Andrew's fault. And then Hot Toys did put up for order two more figures just the next day. Of course. It's episode seven, Han and Chewie. And when they first started doing their figures, they did a Han and Chewbacca two-pack, as well as Han separate and Chewbacca separate. But if you got the two-pack, you got extra accessories. They're doing the exact same thing here. I don't know if I can be on board with Chewbacca with lifelike hair. I'll be honest, it kind of creeps me out. You don't like Chewie with the good hair? No, I... (sighs) I have a really big problem with fake fur and things like that. Carpet. I have a problem with carpet. I am kind of fussy about which carpet I have in my house. This just reminds me of a disgusting old stuffed animal. I do know that hair on these figures can get tangled like any doll. It can happen. That said, I think the only way to do a Chewbacca is to make him furry. I would be happy with nothing less. I understand. I just have issues. And I think they did a remarkable job of finding fur to scale. It's so hard when dealing with these 
to not have it be out of scale. Like on any six scale figure, look at the soft goods, look at the stitching. They can only make a stitch so small. They can't make a stitch that is literally one sixth of the size of the stitching on your t-shirt. <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. And I'm not saying it looks bad. I just have a problem with fake fur. Well, then let's move past it. Okay. And just talk about how great this figure looks. It, it does. I mean, I'm remarkable at how they did his head. My concern would be how long that would stay looking nice and pretty like that. Does it come with a comb? Remember Sideshow's care kit? Is there a comb in there? There was a comb in there. Okay. This Chewbacca is such an upgrade over their previous Chewbacca. Their previous Chewbacca is the reason I'm not all in on Hot Toys, is I thought that did not look great. I thought the Han looked really like Harrison Ford. I thought Chewie, his mouth was too coconutty. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like, I can't remember what cartoon it was where, like, somebody put a coconut over their mouth to pretend to be a beak. This set is far nicer. The Harrison Ford likeness is scary. And I mean that in every sense of the term. I mean, the amount of wrinkles on his chin is scary, but also it really captures Harrison Ford's likeness. Yeah, they've got that angry look in his face that he often has. They've got that really good. And Hot Toys is good about giving us ultimate versions of the character. He has interchangeable coats. He can wear the blue coat that he wore on Starkiller Base. He can wear kind of the black jacket or brown leather jacket that he had on Takadana. Or I imagine since you're changing his coats, he doesn't need to wear a coat at all. And it's loaded with accessories, bases. And if you buy the two pack together, here's what you get exclusive. A Starkiller base themed base for Han. A remote detonator and three thermal detonators for Chewie to reenact the scene where he's blowing up the base. And then a Starkiller themed base for Chewie. And the most awesome, strange accessory I've ever seen on a hot toy, and you get this no matter, Chewie's arm bandage. Oh, I was thinking that the hands, the hands look really freaky. Chewbacca's hands, the yes. furry ones. I think the arm bandage, I mean, it's wonderful and strange to see the fur kind of poke down so you can wrap a little like ace bandage type thing around it. That is kind of strange, yes. These are still available. The duo is five twenty individually. Han is two forty five, and Chewie is two eighty. So you save five dollars and get extra accessories if you buy the pair. And I'm really looking forward to Andrew's reviews. <laughs> Finally, there've been some other pre-orders with some convention news. Celebration Europe coming up fast. Don't forget to check out the Star Wars Action News podcast panel. 10.30 a.m. on Saturday on the 1-4 stage. Yep, Steve and Daryl are going to be there having a great time. But also at Celebration, some collecting. Funko is going to be there with exclusive pops. And for people who are pop addicted like I am, this is a nightmare even if you're going to Celebration Europe because the lines at Celebration are so long and take so much to get through and they're all capped and... Comic-Con is madness for the same reason. All capped all the time. And they're doing a Luke Skywalker Bespin without a hand and doing Ceremony from A New Hope, Yavin, Han, and Luke, and Forlom. Forlom is an exclusive. That makes no sense. 
Fortunately, there's a website from Australia, Pop Culture, C-U-L-T-C-H-A, like cult au, <laughs> And they are known to get tons of exclusives. And they actually had up for pre-order all of the Celebration Europe ones. And you may not get a Celebration Europe sticker, but to me, getting the toy is more important than just getting the toy with the sticker. I would never ask anyone to stand at that Funko line for me. And I really don't want to pay the 50 or more that they're going to go for on eBay. Here, it's $14.24 Australian, which as of when I ordered, is around $12.50 per pop. And shipping isn't crazy high either. Well, that's a relief to get those. Because I think you've really got to be a great friend to somebody to stand in the Funko line if you're not getting something already. I've been known to pick up items for friends when we go to cons, even if it's a booth we're not going to. And friends certainly have done that for me. But the Funko line is something I would never ask of anyone. And if someone asked of me, I'd be like, I'll try, but there's no guarantees. Even if you go to the con, I've been sent to eBay many times. But someplace I would send a friend is Artist Alley with the Celebration exclusive art prints. Those were all put up for pre-order, and there's not an absolute ton of them. There's 16, but I think there's some choice pieces in this one. Really heavy on the new movie, and literally a handful of pieces that have something from either the original trilogy or the prequels. I think it's good that they have... A lot of new stuff. Keep in mind, artists are probably as tired of drawing Vader with his hand extended as we are of buying it. So there are new movie heavy. There's a couple pieces, though, for the original trilogy. There's also a piece for Clone Wars, a piece for Rebels. I like that there's something for everyone. My absolute favorite piece is Jason Christman's Escaping the Death Star that has the silhouette of TIE fighters chasing the Millennium Falcon flying away from the first Death Star. Obviously not from Yavin, but from the original Escape. Yeah, that one's actually my favorite as well. I like Ray's Abduction by Eric Mal in a way that it's really retro and it feels like the cover of like a Bodice Ripper book with <laughs> Kylo Ren holding a passed out Ray in his arms. It just has an aesthetic, especially with the Photoshop coloring they did, the digital coloring that provided a real good smoke effect. It's just such a vivid and eye-popping piece. And of course, I'd be drawn to anything with Greedo, like the Wretched Hive one that looks like a poster for the Moss Eisley Cantina. I'm not a fan of the angular art of it, but it's my third favorite, and it's by Brian DeGuire. You can check that all out at darkinkart.com. We'll have a link from our homepage. At Celebration Europe, I am looking forward to Steve and Daryl's coverage. They announced their autograph guests. Yeah, it's a few people. Actually, I think it's not a bad lineup at all. I mean, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels. Those are some names that we fought to get when I started collecting autographs. We lucked into Carrie Fisher. We've seen her many times since. Anthony Daniels, we flew to so many places and he wouldn't sign your own item. We went to Orlando, he wouldn't sign. We saw him in C Celebration 2, he wouldn't sign. We ended up going to Dallas and got him to sign. And Mark Hamill, man, when he did San Diego Comic-Con, I stood in line for hours and hours to get that. And then... Got another one and with another long line. 
at Celebration Anaheim with that FX exclusive helmet, the Hoth helmet. So you've got three big names. And then Jeremy Bullock, who we were so excited to meet in person. Nice guy. Mm-hmm. Ray Park, who's kind of getting harder to sign. He used to show up at the opening of a 7-Eleven, but now <laughs> he's a little harder to get. Peter Mayhew. Who, if you haven't gotten his autograph, he's not doing much more anyway. And Daniel Logan, he's probably the single most common of these, as I think he just lives going to concerts. He's always there. But then those are the ones there every day. Individually, Kenny Baker, who I've just so enjoyed meeting. And last time I saw him at an autograph, he was not in the greatest of health. So great to know he's still able to do this. You've got Michael Carter, Bib Fortuna, Ken Colley, Admiral Piet, Sean Crawford, who was Yak Face and Tim Dry to Quill. We've got those guys. Paul Blake, who was Greedo or one of the Greedos. Mike Edmonds, who was a ton of different things, and Ugnot, Low Gray. I think back to Celebration 2, where I was really excited to get the autographs of like Gold Leader and Porkins and all of those. I think these are along the lines. I've seen some people complain, though. They aren't happy with this. And if you are like me, and I will own this, jaded, because you go to so many conventions and you've seen these people before, you may have been holding out hope for an episode 7 guest. I know I thought they'd probably get one being over in London. But they are filming episode 8 right now. Schedules may not have worked out. But at least you can get, like, background Stormtrooper number 3 or something. But then again, maybe... People today that are actors don't do this kind of thing like the people who maybe this is like a retirement thing for some of the people, you know, because those guys are kind of old. Yes, but Chris Evans, we just saw him at two different Wizard Worlds. Yes. And I don't think that you can even imagine what his guarantee was. And I'm saying that he I don't think that they could afford a star of that caliber. I think they could. I really do. Keep in mind, Reed Pop does New York Comic Con. Got Chloe Grace Moretz. So a young actress who Not went there. Not huge, though. Not really huge. And it was years after she was Hit Girl. It was the same year she was Carrie, though. Yeah, that didn't do all that well, did it? Well, no, but. Oh, okay. See, yeah. See what I'm saying? It's not like they got a star of Chris Evans' caliber. No, but they have gotten people like John Cusack. Again, you're talking the older actors, but. They have the ability to pull in A-list talent. They got Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. So I think that for an entry level, if you haven't gone to all these cons and gotten all these autographs that we have, this could be exciting. I think it's lacking the rare talent. It's lacking an Ian McDermott. It's lacking episode seven. Could you imagine if they got Simon Pegg to be there signing Uncar Plutt stuff or something? I think people would get other things signed besides Uncar Plutt, though. Just, I'd be there with Shaun of the Dead and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's probably too busy promoting the new Trek film during this time anyway, but I'm just throwing out names. I'll admit, if this is next year's Celebration U.S. Autograph Hall... I don't think we need to go. There might be one or two I'd have to double check to see if I have. I don't remember if I've... No, I have met Admiral Piet. I don't know if I have Dane Jur from A New Hope... And now that I've said that name out loud, I understand what it says. Danger. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if I have Chris Monkey, who was Captain Kurgi in A New Hope. So there might be a couple of smaller names I'd need, but by and large, I'd be 
not standing in too many lines. Speaking of Carrie Fisher, we will be seeing her again here in (laughs) August. It is Carrie's first appearance in a Wizard World ever. That is impressive. And I know that a couple people, when I posted that to our page, were actually bummed because there's going to be a much shorter line, they think, at Wizard World, which is a pop culture con. I don't not even dare call it a comic con. It's wrestlers. It's movie stars. It's toys. It's fun. But when you're in a distilled group of Star Wars fans, there's going to be a longer line for Carrie Fisher. Yeah, however, she's done many appearances at celebrations. So, you know, that's the other thing is she goes pretty regularly now. So I wouldn't count on that being shorter. We saw her in Indiana just a few weeks ago. Yes. And her line was, I would call it moderate. It was one of the longer lines, but it was not one of those, oh my God, I'm not standing in that line. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's great to see Star Wars back at Wizard World. When I started going to Wizard World annually, I'd gone a couple of times earlier, but it was, I think, 2002 when we went for the first time. We'd just been married, and we went up there because Kit Fisto and Plo Koon were signing. We actually went before we were married. But for years, it's been really hard to cover Wizard World for Star Wars Action News other than, here's how overpriced the new toys are. (laughs) So to see Carrie Fisher there, they're not done announcing guests. And there was something on Carrie Fisher's page when you could buy her tickets that discussed upgrading to a group ticket. So maybe they're going to get somebody like Mark Hamill or something. I am totally speculating based upon what may be a typo on the page. That's happened before. I mean, typos happen and it's totally okay. But, yeah, there was a little bit of strange wording about a group VIP and group photo op, so... And tickets to see Carrie Fisher with the VIP tickets, which mean you get to hop the line and just stand in a different line because there's a lot of VIPs, and you get an autographed item, and you get to take a photo with her in their, if you blink, you're too bad, photo area <laughs> is $325. Whereas the autograph alone, only 80 bucks. That is not bad at all. That is very reasonable. And the Carrie Fisher photo op on its own, $105. So more for the photo hmm. than for that. Although I would be willing to bet that's a photo with Gary Fisher. <gasps> then I want it. <laughs> I want my photo with Gary. He is super cute. And then four day admission to the convention is $95. So if you were to buy all three separately... You'd spend $280, and with the VIP, you get on the floor half an hour early, and you get to skip some of those lines and perhaps get a photo with Carrie before she's really tired of dealing with people. (laughs) Not that it's anything against her. I think every person gets tired of dealing with people at one of those cons. I would imagine after, you know, the fourth person has a very awkward conversation with you that you're done. And finally, though, the big Mammoth Jamma Con coming up, San Diego Comic-Con, The Harbinger of Wallet Doom is on the horizon. Hasbro's Marvel exclusive have leaked to eBay, but there's still a lot of speculation about what their San Diego Comic-Con exclusive will be, and they did promise it to be Rogue One, so looking at what they've done before, will it be special packaging for a Death Trooper or something like that? I would imagine... Fans would just flip out if it's the only place to get a six-inch Mon Mothma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But in addition to Hasbro, Gentle Giant sent Premier Guild members a notice that pre-orders for delivery at home, the limited number that Premier Guild members get to guarantee before the con, go up for sale this week. So keep an eye on that. Watch our Facebook page and Twitter feed and we can announce that. But you do have to be in their paid Premier Guild to order them. After the con, if there's anything left, they'll go up for general sale. And Sideshow's having a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive for the first time in a long time. It used to be common. They'd have a six-scale exclusive. Then they just ended up having, like, an online order. But they actually have an exclusive that you can pick up at the con or pre-order and have delivered R2-D2, the unpainted prototype. I guess we're out of R2-D2s? It's kind of an interesting brushed (laughs) metal look. I mean, it goes along with a stormtrooper that's in gold really well, right? <laughs> it's so monochromatic. I'm trying to decide if this is aimed at minimalist collectors because he has that one dot of red in his sensor on his head. So is this minimalist or is this for customizers who want to paint their own R2 units? Like the R2 builders decide they want to have an R2 unit and this is just a good base to work from. I'm not that good of a painter to spend $120 on something like this for me. But I had a dilemma because you were out of town, outside of cell phone range, and I didn't know whether to order it or not. And a big thank you to Justin, Daryl, and Andrew for being my advisors because I'm like, I don't know if I should order this or not. And it turns out I should have waited. Well, actually, I really like this. I even like this more than the Gold Stormtrooper because it has that used look that I associate with the Star Wars universe. And it may be their photos, and I may get this in my hand and go, no. But the moody, almost noir photos they took of it, and the way it looks really reflective in that not quite vac metalized, but we're going to chrome it like Phasma, the bad Phasma, really actually has me attracted to this piece. Okay. Well, I'm kind of mad that they lowered the price. That's my big problem. I was curious how much you paid for it. I paid the full price for it. You paid 150 Okay, I'm relieved. I paid 120 I don't remember the 20% off or 19% off when I placed the order, so perhaps it's just clever marketing on theirs. Yeah, because you placed it as soon as it went up. I did. And yeah, it's really weird that it says MSRP 150 order and save 19%, okay, making it an even $120, great, but... Why not just mark it $120? What is this 30% off? When is the savings over? Maybe it is just a pre-order savings, and maybe they will go back up. Well, they almost got themselves an angry phone call from me. I'm glad you checked to see what you paid. Well, before. I was going to check anyway, but I'm just saying that is something that they should honor the price anybody who did buy it full price. Also, I think it's so cheap they didn't even take a non-refundable deposit. They did. They did? $5. Oh, yeah, they did. Usually it's 200 and over that they do that on. So interesting. And I had it shipped home because I don't want to lug it around Comic-Con. That's the great thing. If you're not going to Comic-Con, you can still order this. And unlike the Gold Stormtrooper, this is still available a week and a half after it went up. And while shopping online, of course, be sure to check out our sponsor, Dorkside Toys, where you can get... Lots of three and three quarter inch figures. We're going to be talking about some of the five POA ones here in just a couple minutes. But they have several of the mission series packs, including Vader and Ahsoka, as well as the three pack of Unkar's Thug BB-8 and the Jakku Stavanger. Wave three of the snow and desert three and three quarter inch figures with Unkar Plut. 
and Captain Rex from Rebels is in stock, ready to ship within 24 hours. And then in the Black Series 6-inch, they have lots of those figures ready to ship as well, including Captain Phasma, TIE Fighter Pilot, Kylo Ren, and Imperial Forces Sand Trooper Sergeant. And if you've been looking for a General Hux or a Pilot Asti, I saw those go up over $100 a figure on Amazon. Those things were so hard to find. But there's a new case out there. It's got Ray and BB-8, Kylo Ren, TIE Fighter Pilot from the First Order, First Order Snowtrooper, General Hux, and Pilot Asti. That wave is in stock, ready to ship from DorksideToys.com. So get those hard-to-find figures before, as I mentioned, Hasbro stops shipping them. You can also check out Dorkside for some exclusive pops that they've got. The Walgreens Wave of Four, which has been a little tricky to find with the Reyes, Plo Koon, Kit Fisto, and the Adat Driver. They have them listed on their site at Dorkside for a very reasonable $15.99 because you could easily spend that much money driving around to the 80 Walgreens in your town looking for these figures and end up buying stuff you don't need instead of those. And remember, when shopping at Dorkside Toys, please use the link from Star Wars Action News' website at SWActionNews.com. Now, finally this week, we've got a little something special. Earlier, I mentioned that a friend of ours had done something really cool, probably the best thing to happen to five POA figures since a man a man in the Power of the Force one line. So here to talk about it is our Marvelicious Toys and now playing co-host Justin. Hello, sir. Hey guys, how you doing? Doing great. Now, you posted something to our Facebook page that blew the hell up a couple weeks ago and just like has everybody in awe. It's vintage card backs for the five POA Force Awakens figures. Yeah, I mean, I thought what a great place to share something I've been working on and holy cow, I didn't realize that everybody and their mom would be seeing this <laughs> just kind of <laughs> kind of gave us a little show of how Facebook can work when people start sharing things and it goes all over the places. It's kind of a neat little experience. What gave you the inspiration and how much work was it to do all of these custom card backs for the figs? Well, the inspiration kind of came from when I started seeing all these things hitting the shelves and I'm like, ah, those are kind of neat, but if you listen to Marvelicious Toys, you know I am an articulation snob. Like, I've kind of dropped a lot of even the Marvel three and three quarter inch figures from my collection because the articulation there really wasn't up to my standards. So, as a longtime Star Wars collector, I watched them do the same thing, but much quicker. On the Marvel side, it was like, oh, this figure doesn't have knees or ankles. And eventually, you know, they got down to it. But on Star Wars, it was like, Here's 24 points of articulation. Now here's five. Deal with it. I was like, <laughs> but anyway, I guess I wasn't really paying too much attention to those figures. I'd look at them here and there, but they really didn't have too much draw for me. But then it hit me. I was like, you know, when I was a kid, my figures only had five POA. And part of what I loved as a kid was sitting there staring at those figures and the images on that card and pretending that I could do whatever I wanted with them. So I thought, well, maybe maybe I'll get a couple of these and I'll just throw a few, you know, images on a, a vintage style card and just have that as my Force Awakens collection. Well, kind of got away from me after I started doing one. There was another one and another one before, you know, I'm back at the store buying <laughs> figures I'd never even thought I would own, you know. <laughs> but the funnest part of this was I've seen other people do these. This isn't a, 
original idea by any means. Other other customizers have been doing Force Awakens vintage cards as well. But I wanted to do something different. Most of the ones I've seen, they've taken, you know, maybe like the Jedi or Empire single track logo that's still silver and plopped the Force Awakens logo at the top. I wanted to incorporate all that into my front design and kind of give it a, a fresh feel of like, what if Force Awakens came out in 1986? You know, just like the saga kept rolling. So they wanted to update the cards again. So that's kind of where my design came from. And it is really awesome. I mean, when you first showed these to me, which was about a week before you posted them, the card backs were so impressive and awe-inspiring that I thought the figures on them looked better. And I'm like, how did you customize those figures and the card backs? It was honestly, the packaging just made all of these five POA figures stand out and pop in a way that the current really busy packaging hasn't done. And also, you went back to the vintage, they're loose in the bubble kind of thing, which I think it actually ended up giving a better presentation than the bubble coffin, everything taped down specific pose. <laughs> Definitely. And I mean, not to take anything away from the good folks and designers at Hasbro who who have the job of creating these cards, because the artwork on the existing cards is awesome. But like you said, it's overly busy and it doesn't do the figure itself any favors. It just kind of becomes a blur of imagery on the shelves. And I also know that Hasbro knows how popular the vintage collection is, and that's something they keep in their back pocket. So I'm sure we'll see them bring that back at some point again. But you're right. What, what the vintage card did so perfectly was frame the action figure as the spotlighted thing and then supplemented it with a picture of said character. So I think that's why it just rings true with so many people. It's the perfect package that you really shouldn't tinker with. And the card backs you did are just astounding, too. The way you incorporated all the different Force Awakens vehicles and got kind of the 16 back going on, or is that the 20 back? Yeah, it's the 20 back, and <laughs> there's actually a lot more than 20, so... Some people who have OCD might, you know, jump down my throat and be like, hey, there's actually 27 or 28. But I, I just wanted to kind of follow the same thing of the 20 back and have the same kind of verbiage. But after I got about halfway done with these, I thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun to do a free figure offer? That was always fun as a kid to see <laughs> that little sticker and be like, ooh, who's this coming out? So that's when I thought, well, maybe Moz would be a good giveaway figure, considering the only way to get her now is in a... Uh, was a four or five pack with mm -hmm. other figures that you probably already have. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. And I wanted to come up with a way to give it like a rocket firing Boba Fett type of mechanism. But alas, Maz just comes with a chest and a, and a lightsaber <laughs> hilt. <laughs> but, yeah, ever since I've been doing this, I've, I've kind of kept going. I wanted to finish out this line. So there's new designs that I'll probably be posting here pretty soon for... You can probably look at the ones that are out there and figure out what they are. But like, you know, Elo Asti and Captain Athano and Tasu Leech, some of those background characters that have not a lot of screen time. And it's actually kind of difficult to find a good clean shot of some of these guys to make a, a card back for. I take it you'll never be able to do a Constable Zuvio then. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's actually 
imagery of Constable Zubio quite easily available out there. I don't know what the heck happened <laughs> to that character in the movie. But yeah, he's even in the character guide. Yeah, I knew that. I guess you're right. I remember seeing the promotional images of him before the movie came out and thinking, wow, that guy's going to be a badass. One of the characters that I think actually doing this made me go back and appreciate some of these figures that I had, you know, initially just kind of overlooked. But Sarko Plank is actually kind of a cool figure. That one's really a throwback to the vintage because he's he's a character who has robes. So, you know, you get that open up a leg and kick it up and you can see inside the robes that are like a cross section cut in half now. But that one that one really kind of took me back and finding a picture of him in the clear was no easy task. And I got to ask, just out of curiosity, you got bubbles with these figures on there. Where did you find all the bubbles? <sighs> that is a task. I don't know if you remember this, but years and years ago, when the vintage collection was kind of the modern vintage collection was kind of just getting its start. I looked at what they had and I was like, ooh, I want to finish out the original 20 that came on Star Wars, you know, double long play logo cards. And at that point, there was no R5-D4, Death Star Gunner, and figures like that. So I went and made reproductions of those and then also customized the figures at that time if they needed to be made. So that was kind of where I started doing this and putting figures on cards with bubbles. And back then, there was two or three or maybe four places where you could order repo bubbles. And nowadays, geez, there's... I found one person who has them, and his stock is very, very limited. But he's been very responsive about getting bubbles out to me as I ask for them. So nice. Yeah, it's and that's one of those things where if you're customizing and doing stuff like this, I think it's cool. But at the same time, I don't want to over promote something like that because I know there's a lot of fakes that go along with actual vintage figures out there. Mm-hmm. So you know, something like that is a tool for fakers and. Like I said, I don't want to really drive somebody towards <laughs> a place to get those things. So are you doing this for every 5 POA character that came out in costume? I'm trying. You know, there's a few that I might skip that are a little bit redundant. Like I feel they put a pauldron on a few too many stormtroopers <laughs> and snowtroopers and called them somebody else. But for the most part, they're a character that came in a two pack or single pack. And even those Walmart figures, I have yet to find that latest wave of Walmart figures, but I have cards ready for Starkiller base Han and General Leia. I, I even have Luke, should they ever decide to make a Luke figure. Nice. Well, check your Walmarts. We talked about it earlier this show. We found Han, Leia, and Phasma at our Walmarts, so... Yeah, I keep looking for those. They're still not showing up anywhere. It's rare that we find stuff and you don't. I know. All right, so I'm going to keep, keep looking. Well, I've got to tell you, you mentioned Hasbro keeping the vintage collection in their back pocket... This entire project you did reminded me of something that Joe Ninavaji said at Toy Fair is they were looking at bringing vintage cards back, but bringing five POA figures on them. And there was an audible groan from the fan press covering the event. And I could see the reason why they do that. But what you've shown here just proves that this is what they need to do. Like when I see Joe at San Diego, if they haven't announced this, I'm going to be like, look at this card. Do this. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I can see both sides of it too, though. Like I know in the past 
both you and Marjorie have talked about if everything's special, then nothing's special, right? So if vintage just becomes the way that they put figures out from now on, eventually we're all going to get tired of that too. Well, we, we did. If you recall, when they started putting the new characters on the vintage cards and releasing them in mass, people were like, all right, enough of that. We need a new card back. Actually, I really believe that that entire thing is because we only saw the same wave for years, literally years Wave one was on the Toys R Us pegs. I don't know that I got tired of the card back as so much as I got tired of seeing the same wave of figures never change. But I agree with you, Justin. That said, I think the way you've showcased the five POA figures is simply better than what they've done. And like you say, no disrespect to the Hasbro guys. And maybe because the five POA figures are marketed at kids, the more hectic, chaotic, colorful, eye-grabbing card is what kids would look for versus a more muted black card. But as far as collectors go, I know that I would be very proud to display these five POA figures on card in this kind of packaging. And in the other, it's like, it kind of reminds me of that 30th anniversary one they did. Those were kind of busy cards too. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the the graphic designer in me actually kind of enjoys seeing the different packaging styles that they come up with from year to year. But yeah, I think personally, I think if they keep vintage in the background and pop it out every once in a while, so it's a special thing, take it away and bring it back. That's fine by me. Yeah. Remember how they did the vintage collection originally, where it was like four figures and Toys R Us exclusive, and they did like one wave a year for a few years before they brought it back full time? Oh, yeah. That would be a way to go with this. Definitely. But in the meantime, I don't see them ever going back and revisiting The Force Awakens <laughs> and doing it this way. And that's that that was kind of my impetus, too. You know, it's like as a collector, I have all of the original Star Wars action figures from my childhood. Because of that, I went and did all of the Revenge of the Sith figures because I thought that was the last movie ever coming for a while. So I had all the original figures and I had from the first movie I had all the figures from the last movie. And now I feel like those bookends have been opened up. And it's kind of a, a new start. I wanted to have all the figures from this new movie, I guess, just to feel like I'm not a completionist, but I have some weird completionist tendencies. So <laughs> that's kind of kind of what bore this project out. Well, thank you for sharing it with us. People who want to see more can go to your website, justcozy.com. That's with a K, J-U-S-T-K-O-Z-Y.com. You've got full galleries there as well as your viral Marvel NFL helmets. And we'll be talking to you next week on Marvelicious Toys at MarveliciousToys.com. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's always fun to pop over to the Star Wars side. And that is our show for this week. Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with more information about Comic-Con and Celebration will be even closer. And we'll review the Captain Phasma Artifacts Plus statue from Kodo. May the pegs be stocked and the force be with you. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, SWActionNews.com. This podcast is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. We rely on listener support to keep the show going. 
You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to swactionnews.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at swactionnews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at swactionnews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us an MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at swactionnews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. If you also enjoy Marvel Comics, you can hear Arnie and Marjorie talk about the toys and statues based on Marvel Comics characters on the Marvelicious Toys podcast at marveliciousToys.com. Star Wars Action News is always looking for new people to help with the show. You can find a list of skills we need on our blog at VenganzaMedia.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Jay. Photo editing by Scott and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Andrew, Brock, Daryl, Jerry, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve. For more Star Wars collecting, check out GalacticHunter.com, JediDefender.com, JediTempleArchives.com, and YakFace.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. All rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2016, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. I didn't really notice the bump of the thermal detonator caster. Thermal de- What the hell did I just say? Now I do- Apparently music on the website.